one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked, number 87 in this series. And today, it's Star Wars Ranked, in focus, Ray Sloan. I love the character of Ray Sloan, and I know a lot of you out there absolutely love the character of Ray Sloan. Where's Ray Sloan? Well, we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about uh, what Ray Sloan brings to the Star Wars story. Five things I think she brings to the Star Wars story. Ray Sloan was one of the first new canon characters introduced to us. Oh, let's go back in time. To the heady days of 2014. The new Star Wars era had launched. Disney Star Wars, the modern Star Wars, whatever you want to call it. The sale had happened in 2012. About April, what is it, April 10th or so around there, if you want to get specific, 2014. Uh, Lucasfilm allowed, uh, announced um, a, a new canon, and here's what counts, here's what doesn't, which, yeah, was met with uh, mixed reactions, to say the least, but it, it it began. And A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, which came out at uh, uh, summer 2014 at Comic-Con, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, that was going to be our first look at the new Star Wars canon. We knew it was going to connect into Star Wars Rebels, and this was our first look. At Kanan Jarrus, Harrison Dula, Hera kind of rallying 
some troops together to start a rebellion or continue a rebellion that was growing and growing. Count Denetrius Vidian was kind of the main villain. And in that all, in all of that, was this wonderful character of Captain Ray Sloan. Born on Ganthel, she was 41 years old at the Battle of Yavin as a frame of reference for age there. But this was some time ago, uh, the story of A New Dawn. And I'll say, not to go too far down that path, New Dawn at the time, I wasn't a huge fan of. I kind of, quite frankly, was a little snarky about. And I, saying this to myself, I believe it, it deserves a second read, a second look. And it's something I do intend to do one day, uh, probably soon. Uh, John Jackson Miller is a great author. He is uh, big uh, fans uh, of, of John Jackson Miller and the Expanded Universe fandom. Uh, because of his work, Kenobi comes to mind, his book there. So this guy's got skills. He's got talent. I just don't think I personally was ready for what was coming. I wasn't sure, and it was uh, which direction they'd taken it. A lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. He was the first one out of the gate, and I think you got to give him a lot of credit. And uh, retroactively, I definitely do. So one of the things I always said, though, one of the things, even when I was like, I don't know about a new dawn. I mean, you get drunk, Kane and Jairus, I kind of like that. So, you know, hair is cool. But I really like this Ray Sloan character. Just something about Ray Sloan. A lot of things just jumped out of the page. And sure enough, we weren't the only ones. Chuck Wendig kind of was the next to pick up the ball and really run with it with the Aftermath series where Ray Sloan, now a Grand Admiral in what was left of the Empire, was still there, became, you know, as a main character, an antagonist at times, a villain at times, and other times, absolutely not, which is what we're going to be talking about here today as well. Ray Sloan, man. I love this character. I love what she brings. And let's take a closer look at the five things Ray Sloan brings to the Star Wars story. The first thing, number five, working our way up to number one, though, really, though that's the Star Wars ranked style, this is not so much. Don't worry about the values. This isn't a point system. These are just the five things. The first one is the conversation of perspective. Follow me here. Ray Sloan was born on Ganthel, just a, a core planet. Um, but at the time, coming out of the, the chaos of the Clone Wars uh, during that era, uh, how, where she was raised, and then the Empire shows up, and she was on this planet that was overrun by uh, criminal organizations. The Gotsaka was the, the one that is... Uh, most prevalent, and they were a spice and slave organization. We've seen them elsewhere. And, it, you know, it affected her childhood. This is what she was. She was born uh, lower class on this planet. Um, this is the empire again. The empire is just starting to stretch out its oppressive wings, but then they come in here and they clean it up. And there's some specific incidents. You can go look. Ray Sloan appears in some comics, some other material for sure there. Um, but from her perspective, from her perspective, the Empire comes in and cleans it up. And that puts the Empire in a very special light for her. And here's the thing. I don't think she's wrong. But in this modern era of Star Wars, especially early on, because of a lot of things presented, including stuff in Lost Stars, uh, some of the stuff that ended up happening around Rogue One and some of the books there. I look at Bodie Rook, an Imperial shuttle pilot. That's probably uh, the most common example of this. There kind of emerged this talking point of, well, you know, we're starting to see ah, the other side, the quote other side. And I, I, don't, I think that can be mis misused. Uh, I think that can be misunderstood. The Empire is still bad. The Empire is still run by Palpatine. There's dark side energy running all the way through it. And time and time again, we talked a lot about Enfys Nest in the previous episode of Star Wars Ranked because that was our focus then. And that has a lot about the oppression of the Empire, what it really meant, and how it wasn't necessarily even just the Empire doing it. It was the criminal organizations. It was the destruction of industry and all these kind of things. So that's going on. But I love, though, Ray Sloan, and, and this will probably be said a lot here, is an inspirational character. And I think there's something 
to be found in her view of the empire and what she sees it as, as important and slightly inspirational in terms of her story. We just got to realize it's not the full picture. And that's part of her growth. We're going to come back to that. She has a small, very narrow, but very real view. Things were cleaned up. She was specifically saved by some of the actions of the Empire on her planet. So naturally, in order to kind of get beyond her station in life and be part of what she feels something uh, that's good, she joins the Imperial Academy, learns some navigation. She's got some skills. But again, I think it's important because it introduces this really, it's a nuanced way to look at it. I, 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 I understand it. And, you know, I go back to Clerks and Kevin Smith talking about just probably some contractors up on the second Death Star just uh, took a, a job and, and then now they're destroyed. And that was always kind of the joke. And you can have those conversations. Uh, Lost Stars introduced the idea of, hey, the Death Star. I, I knew people on that. The, the, reb, the rebels killed my friends. Like those kind of conversations, they're real, they're real, they're real. But once you're alerted to the bigger picture, it's, it, what, what do you do with that information? And Ray Sloan is eventually introduced to the true big picture of the empire. And she makes some decisions based on that. But to me, that doesn't, that does not throw out her personal experience, does not throw out where she came from and, and what she saw, and more importantly, what that made her do. Again, something that very, very much factors into Ray Sloan's life. For her, this was the truth. For her, the Empire came in with their safe and secure society ideas and made her area, her society, safe and secure. And that's not wrong. And it is... A great starting point for this character of Ray Sloan, who is deliciously complicated and deliciously layered. It is in in, in the in the short amount of media and in the, in the small amount of media, short, short amount of time, small amount of media that we have from her. I I think the re, one of the reasons she makes an impact inside Star Wars, and there's some real world factors that that make her even more important. Um, that we'll be discussing, but in, in the Star Wars story, she, we, we don't get a lot with her. And I think it's interesting. Most of it is in the written word, right? And I'm trying to think, I think so far that's all, uh, we get a mention in Battlefront two. We haven't seen her really elsewhere. Um, so because of that, especially in aftermath, we get to go inside her head. We get to go inside her soul and we get to truly understand this great Imperial. In my book, Why We Love Star Wars, I, I did write an essay about her. It's number 50 in the book, and it is uh, it is titled uh, Ray Sloan, The Inspirational Villain, um, because I think that's what she is. So that's her starting point, the conversation of perspective and how we need to understand it inside Star Wars. It isn't simply not all the stormtroopers were bad. No, it's not. it's not just that. It goes well beyond that. I think of the Del Mico stuff. I think of Iden Versio. Uh, that was a lot of great stuff. But I think Ray Sloan was one of the first out of the gate. In New Dawn, we all stood up and paid a little extra attention to her. Strong, very skilled, powerful woman of color, black woman in the empire. Very, very unique at the time. And we're fortunate to have her, and it's a great starting point. A conversation of perspective really began with Ray Sloan. Number four, excellence in the face of obstacles. Now, I'm a fan for whatever reason. This goes way back. I mean, it goes back to the 80s, man. I'm a fan of Imperial officers. You all know it if you listen to me. And it doesn't mean, uh, again, uh, uh, inside the Star Wars story, right? I'm not like, yeah, you know, listen to Veers. He's got some uh, good things on oppression that I want you all to hear about. No, I just, as a Star Wars fan, as a, as a guy who wears an Imperial insignia hat and likes the cool toys, I just, there's something about the Imperial officers. It's, it's office space in space. It is the story of ineptitude. It's a story of failing. It's the story of being stuck with a crappy boss 
in the case of Orson Krennic, it's, uh, you know, your personal drive, your obsessions destroying you, bringing you down. I love Moff Jer Gerard. I love Moff Jer Gerard because, you know, I think he's, he's really good at his job, but he kind of took a different path to get where he was. And he's, uh, you know, he thinks he's a great man. He really wants to be a great man, but he's, he's, you know, he's fearful. And, you know, we don't get those deleted scenes where he makes a, a big moral choice, but that's interesting too. I like Piet. Piet's solid. He's by the books. He seems like a fair man. Stuck behind Ozel. He rises to the ranks. Moti fights Vader. Tag has the uh, foresight to leave the Death Star because he actually believes the rebellion can be trouble. And of course, there's Tarkin and there's others. Lorth Nita. The list goes on and on and on. But throughout them all, throughout the ranks of the Empire, you know, this is why, why Sheev built his empire on sinking sand, I think. There's a lot of just ineptitude, ineptness, those who are inept, any version of it. They're bad. A lot of them are bad at their job. I think Jared Gerard in his own way, Krennic in his own way, Tarkin, Piet, Veers, I think Veers is good. I mean, I'm not saying he's good. Again, I'm not defending Veers' philosophies on life. I'm just saying in terms of the Empire. But here comes Ray Sloan. Ray Sloan is one of the best. As the late Rip Torn would say in Men in Black, she's the best of the best. And every step of the way, she shows excellence. But she's showing excellence in the face of obstacles. And there's great power in that. Again, Ray Sloan is an inspiration. She, she was a woman. She was a, a woman of color. She was born into a lower class on Gandalf. She's in the empire. And here's the thing about the empire. Um, you know, Ray Sloan was faced with, with obstacle after obstacle. And I, I don't want to treat those obstacles as, as acceptable in the real world, but... Um, you know, but she, she never let them get her down. She never let them stop her. And, and, and again, the thing about the empire, it was and is part of George's point that it is not a diverse group. It's not just that it's a fascist military uh, government regime, George's big point, but it's, it's specifically not diverse. Now, I'll say this. In the real world, George, particularly in A New Hope, shooting over uh, in England and Pinehurst, uh, made some, you know, made some pretty non-diverse casting choices. It's really hard to look at all the X-Wing pilots now in the briefing room in, new, in A New Hope and uh, the Avon Ford Temple and just be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that looks, that looks the same. Um, we can't change that. We can't go back and change that. But what came out of that. And what I do think was there in George's point, and it plays out, it keeps going. It keeps going, and, and, and it really is on display in Star Wars Rebels, uh, in the sequel trilogy era where the First Order uh, diversifies a, a, a little bit there, but still is this, uh, now it's not a diversity of opinion or, or perspectives. It's all done for bad, and that comes again from the Empire. There's all these things. But this is kind of the point of the Empire. Not a lot of alien races. We, we know from, like, Legends material, and, I, and it carries over. Palpatine, eh, you know, not too, uh, not too keen on different alien species in his Empire. Um, you see it in Thrawn. It's one of the in, in, intriguing things of Thrawn is what he has to overcome. But Ray Sloan's right there. If you're interested in, in the story of Thrawn, and I think you should be, in the new modern canon version, I, I really do like that first book, showing that, putting on display what he faced. Well, Ray Sloan, without a doubt, we haven't spent that much time with her during her formative years in the Empire, but you bet you can put money on it. Make that bet. She faced it all and worse. Again, uh, she was a woman. Now, Orinda Price is an example uh, of... Um, female presence in the empire that's been added in later. But I think some of the original spirit is, is what grew out of the original trilogy is eh, the empire's not going to really, yeah, we have an aesthetic and we're going to stick to it. 
Ray Sloan looked at all that, and it did not waver her. Did it hurt her? I'm sure it did. Again, we don't get to spend the time with her. I'd love a Ray Sloan in the Imperial Academy story in her bunk at night going, what am I doing here? They don't want me here. I don't look like them. I don't feel like them. They don't let me into the ranks. This is tough. But again, Ray Sloan is inspiration. Even inside the Empire. She probably, probably has little room for air. That's part of the problem. I am, I am fully in that conversation and on that side when I think, I think it's ridiculous that, say, Patty Jenkins had failed with, with Wonder Woman. Well, there you go. She had her shot. Bring in this crappy uh, male director and, and he'll, he'll, he'll make another crappy film for us that does well. I hate that. I hate that conversation. Um, <laughs> for some reason, it reminds me of uh, something Mance Raider said in Game of Thrones. He just wanted the freedom to make his own choices and, and he wanted the freedom to make his own mistakes. That's all Ray Sloan wanted. She wanted to do good for her, her empire. And I bet you, I bet you, she had to ace every test. She had to finish top 3% in every drill and every trial. She had to prove herself again as a woman, as, as, as a woman of, of color, uh, a black woman. Um, I, of, I often don't know. Star Wars, Star Wars in Star Wars, we, I, we don't often have that referred to. You know, like it's always, I don't know, it's somewhat awkward for me to refer to. Her. Like we look at Ray Sloan and, and she's a black woman. Uh, I don't know what they do in Star Wars, but she's a woman. And again, she was, uh, it's important to me that she was born in a, quote, lower class on Gantel because she wasn't uh, like a Krennic or, or Moff Jer Gerard. If you read Gerard's story, uh, legends or otherwise, it doesn't matter. He's got that kind of a, a privileged upbringing, uh, the good schools, the family money. Sloan, Ray Sloan doesn't have any of that. And she looked down the barrel of that need to be perfect, and she exceeded above that. And that, again, is why I, th why I think you can take a lot of inspiration from this imperial officer. She was never pushed off course. She never let herself be pushed off course. Oh, I'm sure there was shoving. But she remained excellent in the face of obstacles. Look at all the things she accomplished. She, she stopped some assass assassination, assassination attempts. I can say that word, assassination attempts. She stopped some of those on Vader and Tarkin. Uh, and Palpatine, right? I believe he was involved in that. Um, um, by 30, she gets a big promotion. She served on Tar Tarkin's uh, executrix. She was uh, served on the ultimatum and was eventually got control of that Star Destroyer. And then in the Battle of Endor, she was a vice admiral on the Vigilance. Great name of a Star Destroyer for her. Vigilance is, is a pretty good way uh, to describe part of Ray Sloan's drive and personality and purpose. And then after Piet goes, after old Firmus Piet is taken out by Arvel Krynid's A-Wing, she's the one in charge, and after she knows when the battle's over, and she makes the smart decision for the failing empire, for everyone to retreat. And that's, uh, you know, she exposed Count Vidian, she exposed the cell of, of Hera and Kanan uh, back in the story of New Dawn. Time and time again, she succeeded in the face of so many obstacles. And it showed. By the time we get to see her again in the Aftermath series, she is the Grand Admiral. Now, the Empire wasn't what the Empire was by then. Uh, the title of Grand Admiral was great, but yeah, it's fair to say it wasn't the same as uh, some of the other Grand Admirals back in the day. That's not her fault. That's just not her fault. But she had the title. She's got it on the business card. Gallius Rax, the mysterious Gallius Rax, out there making the Emperor's contingency plan happen, which to me just becomes more and more intriguing now that we know what, what ends up happening and what ends, ends up happening with Palpatine's uh, return and part of the contingency plan there. Um, all that's there, and that leads to the next point, number three. 
The right path is always available. So this goes back to my initial point. Because of her circumstances and because of her perspective at the beginning of her life, Ray Sloan has a certain view of the empire that I believe is correct for her. She has a view of the empire, a view of their purpose, a view of, of their place in the galaxy. And along the way, you know, she doesn't see some of what she's doing, suppressing the rebellion. She, she doesn't fully get the big picture right away. She's in the Battle of Endor. But then it starts to just become apparent. Along the way, there are, there are signposts. And if you read more of the character, she's looking around. And that is why I believe, and I did do some writing about this in my book, that, that her empire, her empire, for the most part, I believe it's, it's just. It's perhaps what it could be. You know what I mean? She has some big aspirations for the Empire to go around providing true safety, true security. Yeah, she overlooks some things, but I think she's too far in it. She's getting promoted. And not that she's sacrificing her morals or sacrificing who she is. She's just in it. And that can go back to that conversation of, quote, the other side or perspective. No, she's in it. She's in it. Sometimes you need to suddenly be pulled out of it. And that does start to happen with her. And it all comes to a head in the Battle of Jakku. She is put in a position to, to make a big save and to no longer serve. And she gets revenge on Gallius Rax. And she does do part of what is expected or part of what is expected, at least in terms of written down on paper or whatever they use in Star Wars. We know paper doesn't always show up in Star Wars. She, Ray Sloan, does take the remnants of the Empire, the select chosen few, and does head to the unknown regions where a super star destroyer is waiting for them. She does do that. But when it came down to it, she made the right decision to save people, to save humans, to save Jakku, and to save the galaxy. There's a whole bunch of other things going on with her. She takes out Gallius Rack, she makes a big save, but she doesn't join the rebellion. And again, this is where I'll say, look, we're all rebellion here. But this is where, hey, my whole life was... The Empire saved me. The Empire cleaned up my neck of the woods. I faced a lot of things. I probably would have faced it anywhere at any industry, but I go to the Empire, face a lot of obstacles. I overcame all that. I'm in a position of power that is earned, and I have sway, and I have the ability to form the direction of this Empire I love. So when faced with the... I took out racks, saved the galaxy in a way, saved the people of Jakku for sure. She does not follow Nora Wexley out and join the rebellion. She doesn't become part of the new republic. She goes to those unknown regions. She does it for herself. She does it for her vision. She does it, in my mind, to reform the empire, not with the vision of the, the emperor, but in the vision of Ray Sloan. But she do, when the moment came down, when she, she took the right path. She could have done all that herself. She could have still gone to the unknown regions. She could have followed that direction, and she could have said, sure, Gallius Rax, Galley, blow up Jakku affect the galaxy, take out what's, what's left of the rebellion here, uh, take out the leaders who are here, do it, cause damage, I don't care. But the right path is always available, and she took it. Again, Ray Sloan is inspiration. Which, which leads me up to my uh, number two thing of what I think Ray Sloan brings to the Star Wars stories. Um, the, f the freedom of individuality. 
The freedom that comes with knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. When she leaves, she is um, faced with a question by Gallius Rex. And I'll read here. I did this on Emphis Nest. I'm sorry, I'm going to do it again here. This is from uh, Why We Love Star Wars. A major subplot of the Aftermath book centers around Gallius Rax carrying out the Emperor's contingency plan to tear down the pieces of the Empire, head to the unknown regions, and start it all again for the memory of the Emperor, and as we know now, for even the purposes of the Emperor. As Gallius Rax lays, uh, lies dying, he gives Ray that task, should she accept it. As Chuck Wendig writes, Rax says, you serve the contingency now. Let that sink in. This isn't my writing here. Let that sink in. You serve the contingency now. Her whole life, she joins up with this view of the empire from her perspective. She excels. She has just chosen the right path, which is kind of in that moment, she realizes some of the true intentions of Gallius Rax, the true intentions of Palpatine, the true intentions of uh, his empire, and the true intentions all along. And she saves people. She goes against that. And Rax says, look, carry on. Yes, I'm dying. Kill me. I'm done. Do it, do it, do it. That's fine. But you have got to take this and run with it, Ray Sloan. You serve the contingency now, meaning Palpatine's con contingency. And back to my writing. And that is where the choice before Ray Sloan puts the fandom in a delicious quandary. Can we root for a villain? We're used to a certain kind of redemption in Star Wars. A character lives their entire life acting one way, fighting for one thing, then, in the end, sees the light and does what is perceived as right. That's not to be taken lightly, mind you. That classic version of redemption is rich with value. However, when Rax puts the choice before her, telling her she can go on serving the Emperor, his empire, and all that it was... Ray Sloan realizes that she hadn't changed from that little girl who dreamed of heading off to save the galaxy. Her version of the Empire wasn't wrong. It just didn't exist. She had been part of something that wasn't hers, and now she could go build something new as she wanted, as she always believed in. So she chooses. I serve no one, proclaims Ray Sloan. Her redemption is personal. That, to me, is one of the most powerful things of Ray Sloan's story. We're going to come back after a quick break and talk about what happened to Ray Sloan. Where is Ray Sloan? The headcanon of it all, which is what I think uh, she also brings to the Star Wars story. But I love going to that moment, and Wendig did so good with it, man. I really love some of the stuff he presented in Aftermath. I overall love the Aftermath trilogy a lot. Um, but this is one of my favorite things. She does talk about as they uh, head off into the Unknown Regions, our first order, there's actually that line. Um, she meets up with the Superstar Destroyer. We don't know what happens from that point on. It's part of a little sub subplot mystery. It shows, you know, Shows that Palpatine definitely had something going on out there. Things were afoot that we hadn't seen before. But in my mind, Ray Sloan finds so much freedom in these moments because she remains true to herself. Her redemption is, like I said, very personal. It's not dark side delight. It's not all that. It's a different version of redemption. And that's why it's so important to the Star Wars story, where Ray Sloan is so important to the Star Wars story. She doesn't waver. She doesn't waver. Overall. Oh, you want to find little details here and there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, Ray Sloan looks at herself and says, no, 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 no. What was going on around me, I don't like. It wasn't me. But I'm still who I am deep down. And I know that's right. And I serve no one. I'm going to try to do this 
my way. That's pretty powerful to me. Again, Ray Sloan is an inspiration. We're going to take a quick break here on Star Wars Ranked. On the other side, my number one thing that Ray Sloan brings to the Star Wars story. Stick around. Be right back here on Star Wars Ranked. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138.
Get Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Here to Star Wars Ranked in Focus, looking at Ray Sloan and the five things I believe she brings to the Star Wars story. We are up to number one. What is the number one thing that Ray Sloan brings to the Star Wars story? To me, it is the hope of headcanon. Where is Ray Sloan? It is understandable that if you go back to the time of 2014 into Force Awakens, into Star Wars Rebels, into the Aftermath series, it's very understandable if you thought there would be bigger canon connections uh, just in the way of this character here shows up there and that's why we're doing this, right? It's a connective universe. That's what we got going on. It, it wasn't necessarily that. Sometimes the characters do show up the comics and books have the ability to kind of connect those worlds a little bit more. I'm thinking of Resistance Reborn. If you didn't get a chance to read Resistance Reborn before Episode Nine, do it. it. It does a great job in just kind of bringing together all the characters we've uh, gotten to know in this new modern era that didn't appear in the movies and, and some old favorites and putting them together. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker novel has some wonderful nods to that as well. Star Wars Resistance cast showing up, some of those people, all those, all those things. And we love seeing the ghost show up here, Chopper show up there. But going back to those days, it was understandable if, if we thought it'd be a little bit more front and center. I, I absolutely wanted Ray Sloan to appear in uh, The Last Jedi, uh, to appear in Episode Nine, or to be mentioned, or anything. Anything. When... Before uh, Mandalorian season one uh, hit uh, Disney Plus and hit the airways, uh, we heard that uh, story. Oh, you're, you're going to get a little bit more in the First Order's back story. Which, if you clicked on those links, you actually saw that Filoni and Favreau were not talking about that. They were saying, you, you'll see the state of the galaxy, which would allow for uh, an organization like the First Order to return to power. That was more of the story there. Like, how did the New Republic pop up? But still, evil remained. Opposing forces remained, and in some cases, grew. That was the story. But even then, there was a moment of, I'm speaking for myself here, but I know I'm, I know I'm probably not alone, of just like, oh, maybe we'll get a mention of Ray Sloan. Tomorrow wrestling term, I popped when I heard her name mentioned by Aiden's uh, uh, father, Garrick Versio, in Battlefront Two. I, I loved it. We didn't get to see her, but I loved it. We always talk about, say it with me, tip of the iceberg storytelling in Star Wars. And I hope that Ray Sloan and what we know of Ray Sloan is just the tip of a very large story. I, I think there's something to be told in that. Um, when uh, in the last Jedi novel, Snoke talks about all the leaders he ousted to become the surprising choice to lead the First Order. Ray Sloan is mentioned. We know she, we know she got that far, but she's gone by the time the the events of the Phasma book. Uh, she she's gone. I think I think that's twenty years or so into uh, that story. She met some fate that we do not know, and I want that answer. I'd love a Ray Sloan book, comic, show, animated show. Live action show, something. A Ray Sloan figure? Where's Ray Sloan? I want Ray Sloan. I didn't shut up about it on Jedi Council. And I keep talking about it here in Force Center because of all the things I just talked about today. She brings a lot to the story. She brings so much to the table and has a real world importance to her as well. 
But I'm excited because in my head, I, I think I think I know. Uh, and I don't want to hold on to some expectation if we do get a story. But when she heads on out to the unknown regions and finds that missing superstar destroyer, something she'd been investigating, it's ominous to me. It's ominous. Everything I just said is true. She wants to go form or restart or reform the empire in her image, with her idea of what it can be, of what true safety and security can actually mean. I think she's got the right idea. Now she's got the power to make it happen. Yeah, she's got Brendel Hux there. And yes, again, it's just the layers of Ray Sloan. They're taking kids, press ganging them into their military system. That's not good. But that's why I love Ray Sloan. She is a villain, an inspirational villain. But I think she got out there. I think she tried to form this all in her image, at least align it more with what she wanted, what she felt the Empire could have done better. I think that's there. I think she has to work with what she got. I don't know if Ray Sloan died. I don't know if she was taken out by her opponents. I don't know if Snoke did something horrendous or horrible. I don't know if she, well, she wouldn't have known about Palpatine, but maybe she gets whiffed of something. She's clued into a little bit more than the others, just knowing what Gallius Rax had already told her. So yeah. I love the hope of the Ray Sloan headcanon that she stayed true to who she was and that she wasn't toppled. She wasn't simply taken out. That maybe even then she held true and said, this is not for me. I am out of here. Or maybe she tried to fight. Maybe she just didn't turn her back on it. And maybe she lost the fight, so she couldn't include her life. She went down swinging and she went down knowing who Ray Sloan was to the very end. And she didn't compromise. The hope of headcanon. It's very important to us Star Wars fans because we don't always get all the answers. And sometimes that headcanon fills in some gaps. That's part of the fun. Dave Filoni will even talk about that. Eh, I put something out there and people react to it differently. And they see things that maybe I didn't super, super intend to be there. But it works and it lines up. Meaning it kind of was there. George did that too. That's what I see in the story of Ray Sloan, an individual, someone who came from somewhere that put her in a position to not be guaranteed the successes that others had. She went above that. She went into a world, to a system, rose in the ranks, never lost sight of who she was, never failed to do a good job. And then in the end, did the right thing for the sake of the galaxy before carrying her individual, individuality out into the unknown regions where she knew who she was. And I believe in my heart. That's how her story ended. Ray Sloan knew who she was. An inspirational villain. Thanks for listening to... This special Star Wars Ranked in Focus today. These are going to be fun. Uh, these have been fun, at least for me. I hope for you. We're going to do more of these uh, from time to time. For those who are uh, who listen to Force Center in any kind of order, I don't know. Sometimes I uh, assume you do, and sometimes I realize you're going around catching up on episodes, maybe down the line. But if you're listening in order right now, yeah, we've gone through a little bit of a programming change here in Force Center. The main show has been kind of divided up into two shows. Uh, news and fan questions, listener questions on Tuesdays, a bigger main topic, a deeper dive on Thursdays. And for now, Star Wars Ranked will be on Sundays, as well as eventually kind of rotating in and out with uh, the returning databank brawl, uh, Spotlight Star Wars, Joseph's uh, Star Wars Counseling, and his uh, favorite points of view show will uh, slide into those slots or on other days, too. You could have some bonus programming as well. Uh, and always, uh, I know a lot of you out there, you heard uh, Jennifer Landa's uh, spot during the break there. Um, she's uh, interested in getting closer to not just uh, simply rejoining the team, but really getting some of her own stuff out there with like happy beeps and everything. But just uh, we're not there yet. 
But uh, much like the hope of Head Cannon and Ray Sloan, there's the hope of more happy beeps and other Jennifer Landa-fueled content here on Force Center. So uh, look, looking forward to that and hope you are too. Uh, you can uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow us at Force Center Pod, like our Facebook page. We are on YouTube as well. We uh, took a brief pause, but we'll catch back up with some of our content, a new Star Wars show and tell. Uh, we have the Greedo in memoriam on the way, and we've got a very special in memoriam after that with one of my favorite characters who was with us for such a short time. But we're going to pay tribute to that character in uh, our Star Wars in memoriams, uh, which are uh, written by me uh, for right now. Uh, that will actually be expanded too down the line, by the way. Um, but also uh, Kevin Smets, a uh, great editor. Some of you know him from the movie Jeffrey Schmodown, puts those together. And uh, looking forward to, the, to that one. But catch up on the ones that are out already. Uh, Greedo, Maul, Duchess Satine, and others there. Check the playlist. And uh, don't forget, if you want to try an audiobook on us, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Want a t-shirt or a sticker? Want to support us in terms of merch? Go to tpublic.com slash user slash center. Uh, lastly, uh, follow me at Ken Napsack. Go to KenNapsack.com. You want, if you want some information on my book, Why We Love Star Wars, I read a little Ray Sloan selection here today. You can, go, you can check uh, the links there on my website, uh, uh, Amazon, uh, Target, uh, IndieBound, wherever books are sold. Look for it there. And if uh, your location of choice doesn't have the book, you can always ask for it. But that's about it for me today. Thank you again for listening. Thanks again to Ray Sloan for being an inspirational villain. That's it for now. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.